You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. I'm your host, Trent Fleskins. And for our first episode in the 200s, episode 201, we've got Perth's number one real estate agent in the room. It's Shane Beaumont. You were here at the start of the year, mate, talking about where you saw the market going at the time. We had a chat about the influence of East Coast investors, talking about interest rates and what will happen there. It's time for an update, I think. And the best way to do that is to get the guy who sells the most property. How are you going? Very good. Great to be here, Trent. Nice to see you again. I think the place we start is the last conversation we had on the phone, which was last week, which was me just giving you a quick call to ask, hey, Shane, are we still seeing half of our buyers come from the East Coast? Is it more? Is it less? What's the vibe of the difference between an East Coast buyer and a Perth-based buyer? What's your answer to that? When we first spoke earlier in the year, I was getting a huge amount. A third of our inquiries uh, were Eastern States-based. Mm. You were saying to me 30% at the time. 30%. It's over, well over 50. And I, before I came here, I looked at the sales from last month. I think there was 18 sales and just under, I think it was 60% actually were Eastern States-based. What's probably changed the most is initially it was the smarter investors some of these guys have 15, 20, 30 properties. It's now full spectrum of buyers. We've got first home buyers looking to relocate, start their families over here. That's great. Yeah. They're the ones you want, isn't They're it? the ones you want. And they're yeah. the ones that are going to give a lot to a community. Mm. It's obviously one thing to have investors, but maybe in theory do not spend as much on their homes. But just seeing a lot of these young families looking for good school zones, infrastructure is huge. So that's been big. We're also seeing younger buyer that can't afford to get into the market in Sydney, Melbourne, as an example. So they're going, look, I don't want to move to WA, but realistically, the prices are falling there, Sydney and Melbourne. Not sure how long that'll be the case, but they're falling now. And they're saying, well, I can afford to get in the market. Worst case, get a deposit. So when the market does start to bottom out or I get enough equity, I have something to actually get into with. Because obviously, to try and save a hundred or 200000 is not easy, especially with the house prices over there. So we're seeing them. And even, as I mentioned off air, I uh, had a call today from somebody who bought a property last year. He paid 350 He's probably worth 420 he, he's made good money, but for a lot positively lifestyle, geared, positively out. geared. He's yeah. getting four fifty a week. It's probably going to be five fifty by next year. The way I'm seeing it. But he said, Shane, we really we're about lifestyle now. When I look at what I can do, sell my home for one point six million, move to WA, be four minutes from the beach, and cash out nine eight hundred thousand. It's a no brainer. So for first home buyers, I worry that if you're waiting on the sidelines for it to cool, I, I think it's not going to get much cooler than this. I really believe that. Because you're starting to compete with more and more people. The amount of buyers agents calling me at the moment, I would well, say. Well, let's talk about buyers yeah, agents, right? Yeah. So, Perth doesn't really have a core of buyers agents. Yeah. Pro- I can count yep. on one hand yep. who my competitors are, right? Well, I'll East put in perspective, Coast, I, tell me. In a year, um, I average one buyer agent call pre COVID. Yeah. One, because WA, no one was looking to WA. Two thirds of the, not so much two thirds of the inquiry, two thirds of the actual deals that transpire. Of that 50% are actually from the buyer's agents. There you go. And this is where I was going, right? There is a huge percentage of deals done in the East Coast or from the East Coast that are driven by a community of buyer's agents. You don't really hear about it in Western Australia, but it's very prevalent. Not as prevalent as a seller's agent, but there's a lot of buyer's agents, right? So the second they start turning the tap off in Sydney and Melbourne because they just can't justify pushing their clients to the local markets over there, well, where are they looking? They've looked in Brisbane, they've done Brisbane, and now it's like the swarm, the, the plague nearly has
has moved across the country and the pipeline of just handballing clients who want their four to five to $600,000 properties with a 5% yield is squarely yep. focused on Western Australia. Two I sold yesterday by our agents. Two of the three I'll sell today by our agents. Mm. A lot of them want to get in before going to market. We work for our seller. We say to our owner, look, let's have a home open. Let's let, allow the local buyers before we have the first home open, those buyer agents, because they're in a database, they're receiving all the info, they're getting the video walkthroughs. We still have it open and we have situations where we give people local buyers the opportunity, they're still getting trumped by these Eastern States buyers. What's the mindset? Can I have a guess and say, these guys are so conditioned now to a Gosnells-esque Sydney property being worth 800 grand, that over here it's just a no-brainer. Whereas in Perth, we look at our Gosnells, for example, or 10 other suburbs, and we're thinking, mm, is it 400? Is it 410? Is it 415? It was 350 last year. The guy from the East Coast is going 420. Mm. Bang, here's my signature. Yeah, exactly right. They've seen what's happened over there. Now, I started in real estate in 2005. At the time, I think Perth was actually more expensive than Sydney. Mm. So we can't be down forever. We, we can't, simple as that, with the growing population. But when I look at those buyers that are getting into the market here, they're buying with confidence because they have literally been through what we're starting to, in my opinion, go through. Um, affordability is a, a massive factor. Rents. Tell me about where you've seen them go, especially in your core area of, of the southeast, but across Perth. Give us a little bit of a story of the last six months. And I don't think we hear enough about it, to be honest. Yeah. It's so much news about the East Coast uh, lack of confidence and lack of affordability what's continually bubbling on the surface is this huge undersupply in the rental market. Yeah, a lot of the properties we sell, one of the conditions to make Eastern States buyers feel at ease is we let them market the property prior to settlement. Once it's unconditional, we have a settlement date. And I say, guys, you don't need to do this. We're going to get smashed when we go online with good inquiries. But because they've seen how tough it's been over there, again, that's what they're conditioned to. But we're seeing 20 to 30 people inquire in the first 24 hours. One we just sold to an Eastern States real estate agent recently. He paid... Three Three hundred eighty-nine thousand. We always give really conservative rental numbers, which they still are in shock on. So we said, look, you're probably looking at around four twenty to four fifty. Went for five hundred a week. Now I've had that story four or five times. So it's not that we're underselling. We just rather you work on realistic numbers. The rest is a bonus, and we're constantly being surprised. Another one we've got at the moment: three hundred thousand dollar villa. To construct that villa today is it's twelve years of age. It's 300 grand. Yeah, that is the construction cost. Yeah, that's the construction cost. So where's the so land come into it? Well, it's it's the cream. Mm. At, at 300,000, they're renting for between 400 and $450 a week. And queues. And a lot of people are thinking, oh, but what about the quality of tenant? Half the people that are applying for these have just relocated to WA. Mm. They've got jobs. They've, they've come over with confidence. And they look at it, we look at it a bit differently. But if you say to someone from over east, you can live 25, 28 minutes from the city and you can still have train stations, bus stations, schools within walking distance, 12 minutes from the airport, and you can have that for 400000 or $450 a week, they won't believe it. Just, they just can't get their head around it. Over the next 12 months, do you believe we're going to see stronger growth in the $400,000 to $600,000 range or the $1.4 to $1.6 million range? I think the entry level, purely for the fact it's until it becomes a more viable option to, I guess, rent than buy, which is not at the, not at the no. moment, yeah. that's going to be the case. But I look at properties in, I use Mosman Park, for example. If you look on right now for rent, there's not much for rent, but you get a property there of 
1.5 million. It's probably land value. It's an old three by one cottage. It's only getting 750, 850 a week rent. Now, do people want to live in a not updated home? Probably not in that area. But how many properties could you purchase for 1.5 million getting 500 bucks a week? It just doesn't make sense in that regard. So I think that entry level housing is really going to- So you think it's yield that's going to drive the next wave of growth in Perth? Yield and- affordability and you said it best i saw a comment on linkedin where people are talking about looking for the big article to say it's unaffordable to save it's less affordable Mm. but it's not unaffordable in wa Mm. Um, over east i can't say the same thing because our wages are similar yeah but house price is 1.6 million you've got a lot of parents going guarantor and quite quickly seeing what equity they've put in go south gone now yeah it's gone And, and, and unlike i think what also happened in wa it fell at very trickle. It was trickle fed the fall. So 2%, 2%, 1%, 2%. They've obviously seen theirs fall at a much more rapid rate, which is, I guess, why more and more people are looking to WA for investment opportunities. Shane, I've got a question from the audience. Yep. Taryn asks, and it's a really basic question, but you'd be great at answering this yep. one. Taryn asks, how do sales agents choose between applicants behind the scenes of bidding wars and offers? If you have two similar applicants mm-hmm. with similar situations based on what, what are some tips to be the most attractive offer? I think that's a fantastic question for someone question. struggling to yep. get in the market. Really good question. I actually say this to owners also. Do not always focus on the end sale price. Think about your scenario too, settlement terms and what have you. So I think it's really important that obviously pre-approval, if you have a copy of the pre-approval, give it to the agent. Sometimes agents are lazy. They'll ask you pre-approve. But to actually give them a copy, take out your personal information and say, look, we're pre-approved. We're ready to go. Here's our budget. And make it very clear. At the moment, a lot of people are struggling to find their next home. I'll give you an example. If you're at 600000 the number one question people are concerned about is, Shane, what if I can't find a home? If you are renting or living with mum and dad, make it very clear you are very flexible with your settlement terms. This will often see your offer be accepted. And I had only one the other day because they said, look, you can have a three-month settlement. Now, this woman was going to retirement home. It's delayed. She got it less than the other people had sold their home, had to be in by a set date. Yeah. She got it for less. Isn't that crazy? Because yeah. it's it's quite paradoxic. Most of the time, a seller yeah. wants his money quickly, right? Yeah. But in this situation, you're saying, as a buyer, mm. be flexible. You say, look, what terms does a seller yeah. want? Yeah. Let's see if I can meet that. Yeah, very important. So we've seen that often. And sellers feel at ease because they've got somewhere. Buyers, well, they know that they can only pay X amount. Mm. And I say to first home buyers, if you found out in six weeks' time it sold for, let's just say, 660 would you have regret? Well, yes, Shane, I probably would. Okay. At 680, probably 700. I wouldn't pay 700. So in six weeks time, you found out it went for 700. You've got no regrets. Go to a price point that you're only competing with yourself. If someone wants to pay from over east overs, let them pay overs. Mm. But I think that's also really, really important. And I think that's why a lot of Perth people have been struggling to get on the market and get on the ladder in the last couple of years is that continually trying to win that game like it's 2018. It's just not the reality anymore. And you're up against people playing a different game from the East Coast. Yep. So make it really clear. Flexibility is a key in in this market. Some people are building. If you're an investor, happy for you to rent back. Look at terms. You can only price is one thing. And quite often the prices are very close to each other. If you can win on terms, sometimes I think you can come out in front. If you had a buyer's agent, someone you had a relationship with, someone you knew had never fallen over before, and that person has an offer on the table from a client, wherever it is, let's say it's from Sydney for 400 grand, and then you had a first-timer, clearly a lot of intent, but 
doesn't know what really what they're doing. They've got their pre-approval though, and it's four hundred grand. Are you probably going with the buyer's agent side on equal terms conditions? Yeah, we love to see young families get into the market. Mm. So we, I'll actually give the terms of both to an owner. Quite often, owners will go, "That was us once." We'd love to see a young family move in here, especially if they've left the home open as you get there and they go, was that, that those people in the yellow car, whatever it may be? So I think sentiment, if the price is the price can come into it a lot, a lot of people would rather see their home be lived in by a family than their castle for 37 years be a rental. So I do, I do think some preference goes to owner-occupier. As much as it can be annoying, and I'm sure yep. you've had a million of these clients, mm-hmm. is it often the case that the buyer that hassles you the most for the outcome for yeah. will I get it? What do I need it yeah. to be? Yeah. Are they the ones that probably got better chance than the really courteous one who probably just says, oh, get back to us, Shane. Yeah. And you probably just going, you know what? These guys are yeah. here. Do the deal. For myself, I'm an agent that will follow up with everyone. You send me an email. We call. We literally send an email. We call you and say, look, have, do you have any questions or queries? Mm. I can honestly say there are many weak agents across the country, in any country, that if you put it under their nose, make it easy for them, they're the ones that probably would go for that. But we do make sure we give everyone the opportunity. We speak to them. As I said before, we at least have the home open. So those guys get a lot of properties pre-home open. Quite often I see agents say sold before the first home open, which in this market, oh, I don't know why you'd do that. I just, just my opinion, unless the seller had a situation that they it just suited them perfectly. Yeah, it's a lazy agent. Yeah, I There's just no think, other way to explain that yeah. other than if there were extraneous. Yeah. It's not a bragging sentence. point. That's for me. No, so, time on market should never be a branding point. I no. think for agents, especially those no. that are less than a week. Yeah, you just go through the process. Doesn't matter who it is. Buyers, you need to go through a process. Sellers need to go through a process, but. I think you need to make sure you're speaking to everyone who does inquire. But the pest, the ones that do annoy you, I can guarantee you, they're going to be in your database, but so should everyone else. Yeah. Are you selling any land at the moment? I've had more inquiry, haven't transacted, more inquiry on land in the last two and a half weeks than I've had for the year, which is quite amazing. And I speak to a lot of guys that work in the house and land package space. There's a couple of things on that. I think starting to get a bit more clarity on when a home can be built and pricing mm. is just starting to creep in. A little bit more confidence yep. that the builder is yeah. going to perform yep. and that Second, prices aren't going to keep rising. Th- that's right. And I can tell people for the first mm. time on the podcast mm. in a while that the feedback I'm getting from mm. the builders we speak to every yep. week is that prices are pretty much mm. flatlined now. You yep. may even see a little mm. bit of regression next yep. year. And I think you will start to see builders start to market again. They have to. They have to. So we've got a few land developments yep. on the larger format coming through here at Strategic and that is on the, I guess, assumption gamble mm. that mm. by the end of the year, mm. one of our biggest sales channels, which are the builders, yep. uh, will need to be marketing because the pipeline th- mm. that they usually have yeah. has absolutely fallen through the floor this yep. year. I've spoken to you about this before. And for a while, in I, I came from Wandy today. I've listed a property in Wandy. For a while, Wandy, you were not selling and competing with other established homes. You're competing with house and land packages. It's a great time to sell in Wandy because you couldn't replicate that home for X amount. Yes. But with those prices making it more viable to buy established, if the housing market continues as it is, building will become an option again in those areas. It just hasn't been for a while because the replacement costs aren't there. So I think that's also... One Wendy seems to have been picking up in terms of price points. When I went there and I looked at price points, there's obviously limited supply because mm. people have just moved there to enjoy it. We're talking about really the Honeywood estate, aren't yeah, we, sadly? pretty much, yeah, yep. yeah. But I look at... My sister lives in Auburn Grove and Auburn Grove's gone gangbusters, Hammond Park, all through there. So I guess if you just look at the next outer ring of that, logistically, they're near, near on each other. So there's huge upside there. And I think that's because all the product's pretty good, it's yep. pretty new, and people 
people do see the value. Yeah. A lot of that market that would have probably gone to house and land mm. package have looked and going, geez, I, well, we've just financed a house and land package mm. last week. It was in Wandi mm. and it was $708,000. Yeah. It's yep. crazy to think that yeah, you're paying yep. $708,000 for yep. a family home mm. in Wandi, a new build. And yep. look, what what are things selling for in Wandi at the moment on the 400 square meter blocks? The 400 square meter blocks are up sort of six, 700. Yeah, um, but you get them today. But you get them today. Mm. Um, it's sort of the like 350 square meter blocks are going for mid fives. But yeah. to replace that, the build alone with the, in those areas, they've got good finishes. It'd have to be 400. Now, you're not getting a block there for 150. No. So we're they starting don't need to, see, to sell them for that anymore. Exactly right. Yeah. So we're seeing the um, that will become an option for a lot of people. It needs to be, doesn't it? Because we just keep heading this train towards yep. what I cannot foresee is anything other than a train wreck yep. of undersupply. The amount of land sales yep. is half of the worst number yep. it was. There's a huge pipeline issue coming up. The number I saw was pre-COVID was 218 land or blocks of land were selling a month during the peak with all the grants all the fuel and the fire from the government what have you got up to around 1580 a month from what i understand it's down 43 percent of that original number there's a lot of builders out there even the big ones have scaled back how many divisions they have mm. eventually yeah, people are going to start to look at those options again i would suggest that the hottest time for a luxury property mm-hmm. was probably the first half of this year are you still seeing a, a fervor for high quality property and people paying what they need to to get into that i think the pool of buyers at the top is getting smaller and smaller uh, in the sense that in the western suburbs obviously you've had growth so let's say you've had 30 percent growth through netherlands let's, let's say netherlands so pre-covid interest rates being so low on the back of bumper years, some of the you know, a lot of businesses making a lot of money. This money. is where these people live. That's where they want to live. So the pool of buyers was huge. Obviously, interest rates going up, things settling down. You know, a lot of those grants, people really made a lot of money through there. Mm. Just the pool of buyers gets smaller and smaller as the prices and prices got higher and higher. So I live in Mosman Park. The home open numbers. You getting into my street, you couldn't go. It was just crazy. There's been a couple there where I've driven past, and there's been the agent's car. So. I've seen that cool a lot, um, and I think that's just to the heat coming out the market a bit, things just settling down. Uh, I'm not sure what impact it will be, the travel side of things, people being able to move around a lot more. But when, I guess, Scott Morrison stood up the first day when COVID first hit, and he's like, we expect 150,000 deaths, prices are going to fall and all these sorts of things happen. Who knew that on the back of that, we'd have the growth that the Eastern States have seen regularly, but we haven't seen since 2007. It's just crazy. I was chatting to Brendan Ptolemy last week uh, and talking about the top of the market being Cottesloe, mm-hmm. as always. And mm. he's suggesting that it's still pumping along there. Yep. Few less people at the home opens, mm. but still getting the prices. It's not how much what it's worth, it's what someone will what pay someone for. Will pay. Um, so if you're looking along that coastline, and I can guarantee you right now, there's property prices that were achieved in 2007 that Cottesloe, in many circumstances, probably isn't still there. So people talk about blue chip suburbs just going gangbusters. You know, I think when you look at that over time, it's still very good buying. Compare that quite as low to anywhere else in the country, prime real estate on the beach, it's still undervalued. I know of some data right mm. on the beach up in Cottesloe mm. in uh, Billionaires Row. Yep. Uh, that's going to surprise some people very soon. There's mm. some serious numbers that people are paying to get into some uh, prime locations yeah. there. So there's still money at the top. They're still paying what they yep. have to. And, you know, when you compare it to the top money in, in Sydney, it still pales yeah, in comparison. Yeah. And I think one good thing about Lux listings, which I don't watch a huge amount of, but the awareness of what people are seeing, some of the numbers, like this isn't just flashing the pan. Like O'Dern had one sell recently for 
14 million in Swanbourne. That's like every weekend there's 14, 28 million dollar, 30 million dollar properties, even off market. Mm. Delane Lewis does a lot off market. So it's over here, they'd be on the front page of the paper almost. Yeah. yeah, you're right. That's just so regular. So we're becoming desensitized. They're probably a bit desensitized over here. It's a big thing. But when people start to go bang for buck, and they start to see the glimpses of what you get for twenty million compared to what you can get for five million here, mm. if you're retiring, I think it's a great place to live. Another question from the audience that's come mm. in over the last week, Shane: Are there still opportunities to buy off market? Maybe not from yourself, but have you? Do you hear of them? And if there are, what's the best way to do yeah. so? Uh, I think that in the western suburbs, you're seeing a huge amount of that. Um, Why? Because. I think there's two things. One, again, what we spoke about before, a lot of people don't know where they're going next if they haven't found their, I guess, their next destination. So It's like a soft sale. Soft sale, knowing that the top agents there, some great agents in the western suburbs, they genuinely have databases. This is not, I've got buyers. Mm. They have people. And if you said to them, bring me five buyers tomorrow, they could do it. Mm. So to say to someone, look, I know you're halfway through building. You're not sure when it's done. But we could bring five buyers through that with your circumstances could probably allow you to rent back until your construction's finished. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. And those top agents do have the database. There are a lot of people and lots of agents in that space continually tell me they have no issues with people buying from three to five mil. Mm. The issue is there aren't any properties yep. to buy. Yep. yep. So if you want to get in the door of those, I think if you can be... Um, and I get calls. I've got a couple of buyers that in the market. I don't sell in those areas. But I get calls saying, look, this situation would be perfect. Um, quite often, believe it or not, you get a call from two agents about the same property because yeah, they've both been called in. Exactly. But they're top quality agents and they know what they're doing. What about the million dollars, sort of up to a million dollars where yeah. most first or second home buyer, mum and dads with the young kids are looking at? Yeah. When I look at that Vic Park offshoots through Vic Park, uh, as you head away, I think through St. James... Um, Bentley through those areas, I just think they're way undervalued. They are, and I, but I think the reason is it's, there's still perceptions of socio-demographic yeah. issues, mm. and of which there are still pockets yeah. there where yeah. you go, yeah. geez. But the prices continually tick up there because mm. of, I guess, the sandcastle yeah. effect of how quickly prices rise in Carlisle, Lathlane, yeah. Vic Park, Lathlane East Vic now. Park. On the back of, whether it be good timing, but when the West Coast, when, when West Coast moved there, it was sort of a sleepy, oh, everything was just old cottages. Mm. Um, but the money being pumped through there now, because it's such a great spot. You look at a map and you go, this is serious real estate. Carlisle's another example. Well, exactly right. And the difference between Lathlane and Carlisle, other than the fact that they're next to each other and Carlisle's just the next suburb, is Carlisle is pretty much all zoned for duplex, triplexes. Lathlane, maximum house behind a house. Yeah. And a lot of them don't really have that capacity because the house is too big. And for a long time, a lot of people didn't really value that too much because they, no one was really looking for that much space. But since COVID, people are really getting back into laughing going, geez, quarter acre, could do with that. Yeah, it's huge, yeah. Um, and a lot of them embracing the Federation or the older style, mm. modern at the back, you know, traditional at the front. Uh, and even through uh, Netherlands, you see some cracking homes that have, have done that. Yeah, well, those properties in Netherlands, you're probably selling for mid ones four years ago yeah. and now you're in the threes for a lot of yeah. these properties and if and they're fours. done nicely and they're it's and fives. Got a, yeah it's yeah. easy yeah yeah, yeah. this is where people need to start normalizing these amounts mm. and i think we're finally getting to that point it's more just a case of 
the, the reality for a lot of people is they're continually losing out to East Coast buyers. Yeah, and I can't see that changing for a while. I, re- I really can't. Because it, where they are continuing to see positivity, we, we don't see it as much because we're here. But again, I, I've spoken to you about this before. When they talk about the property market in Australia, we make up less than 20%, I believe. We're about 10%, yeah. yeah. So don't expect them to go, but WA is going well. Because they're pumping out all this information they're getting from the economists, the banks, mm. it's on a national, and that overrides, it overrides yeah. what we're doing. They're so. clearly very thirsty though. I think West Australians, this is the community I'm used to. I think we're all on a global basis, very property addicted. But I think the next level above that is people in Melbourne and Sydney. And if they weren't 10 years ago, they are now. Yeah. That there's a culture now of really the easiest and only way people know how to make money and in the adult life has yeah. been in property yeah. that taps turned off there now yeah. they still hungry they're still, they're still thirsty for it where do they go well they're all being led here and and that continues to be shown in our numbers yeah. on on uh, the podcast as well yeah and after i did that first podcast the amount of people who reached out from over east compared to here it was quite quite amazing a lot of industry people i speak to obviously had listened to it here but eastern states people just regular mum and dads mm. um but they've much like some of the mums and dads here got burnt on what happened from 2007 to 2014 over there that's all they knew because they've done so well financially hundreds of thousands by doing nothing nothing and i think that is that habit and that they've seen the rewards it's really sad and unfortunate what's happened to so many over here where they're still not back to what they paid probably people i'd say in mandra yep mandra uh, any villa Maddington. i think villas um at the time where the housing crunch there was such a little amount of stock so most villas and that's why i say to you i know people talk about land is the key and what have you but you've got to look at it a bit, a bit more in micro sense and when i see villas in those areas when the new lots are coming out and all these areas are getting new zoning and you can't build it for less than what it costs one already established. Mm. There's a problem. There's a problem. Yeah. So that was something you said off air as you said, Trent, I know it's a bit controversial to mm. say, but I reckon villas and units are mm. going to start outperforming houses. Yeah. And, I, and I, I'm seeing it right now. It's an interesting. Right. You're the yep. first person to say that to me. Yep. Because the gap is so big. Now you just They play catch up. Um, so I'm definitely seeing that. And I don't mind saying to our buyers agents, we want them to do well. Guys, have you thought about this? Do you know what it's costing to build this? Mm. They're probably not quite in tune with the costs over here. I know it's been tough over there too, but what it's costing and the turnaround times for building. Um, so that, or I think, building double brick for starters, yeah, yeah, right? That's exactly right? In a market where the bricklayers yeah. hold more power than most people in Perth. Yeah, yeah. And this podcast is a podcast for West Australians, mm. but I would say this is the first time I can give some advice to the East Coasters. If you are listening to this because you are thinking about buying here, at some point in time, West Australians will buck up and will start getting on the train as well. This is probably still the time where I think there is still a window where Perth's still sleepy and still a bit nervous about what's going on on the East Coast and how it may or may not have affected them. If you're looking for high-yielding investments that from your perspective on a national basis that you have experienced in the last five to 10 years is clearly well undervalued, West Australians still haven't really woken up too much to this, in my opinion. They need to start re- re- waking up to it because the East Coast swarm of buyers continues uh, to be recognising this way earlier than the rest of us. 100%. One bit of advice you could give to all those first home buyers. I love the questions that have come out in the last week. 
definitely first home buyer questions. What would your holistic advice be to them? Trepidatiously looking at options right now and nervous about whether they should or shouldn't be spending the money right now. The fact is that I still believe on the back of 2014, I never thought I'd see it to how it is where it got to, but I don't think you'll have a better opportunity to get into the market and a second chance because over east, this is why these guys are looking over here. They've seen exactly what's happened. So if you're thinking about buying, remember it's your first home, not your last home. But if you can have the mindset to think, well, yes, it doesn't have the second bathroom, but it does work for you at the time and have the, I guess, the mindset of thinking this could be my first investment property. Mm, doesn't have to always be yeah. the home. So, so often I say to buyers and they go, just so you know, this has actually got uh, R40 zoning. Shane, we don't want to develop it. Mm. I know you don't. But one day when you sell, this could be the difference between you getting X amount of growth and X amount of growth. Yeah. So have it again, you've got to obviously love your home. You've got to have pride of ownership, but try to think a bit longer game. Will this be a good investment for the future? You said second chance. Mm. Why? Because I just can't see with the rents the way they are and the growth or the population growth in WA, I can't see it pulling back when we've got such limited supply. We spoke about the properties coming out of the ground, it's going to come to a halt mm. and it is coming to a halt, new contracts. So there's just going to be more and more competition on the established market and people have to live somewhere. The first chance was 2019, 2020? I, I think, well, realistically, on the back of 14, we're back to those prices, 2014. Yeah. So you've got a free kick at it, in my in my opinion. Yeah. And villas aren't back to, and that's why I talk about villas. Villas aren't you, back there yet. They're not back there. Yeah, definitely not. So um, one we sold this week, Great result for three hundred twenty-five thousand. They paid three seventy-five in two thousand and fourteen. Good thing about that, this particular buyer, he got on the new scheme where the single parent scheme. Yes, absolutely brilliant. I've seen two of those. Great, and that's it's good just to see that so being great up. to see. Yeah. Just great. Um, and it's a good way to look at it holistically. I was speaking to Brendan about this last week with regards to interest rates. We're back to interest rates in twenty eighteen. We're back to prices in twenty fourteen in houses units. We're not even there yet, right? but clearly continually moving towards that on the pure fundamentals of continual affordability, massive pressure from much bigger markets on the East Coast coming in here, sustaining growth as well, and that relationship on the critical undersupply of not only properties, but also more critically, rental properties, which I actually think is going to continue to get cr- more critically mm. worse than the sales market. It gets, yep. for some, we don't have an answer for no. that, unfortunately. So. You see a lot of newspapers or news outlets really ham things up, put a lot of mayonnaise on it. One thing that they're understating, in my opinion, is the housing crunch when it comes to rentals. Mm. There's just not going to be enough. It's simple as that. Papers love to scare us, Mm. right? They're scaring us on interest rates. Mm. They're scaring us on dropping values in Mm. the Sydney, Sydney market. I don't understand why we're not hearing more about issues like the rental market mm. that lead into homelessness. Is it yeah. because maybe the papers don't want to have to deal with it? They don't understand it? They can't get enough uh, case studies on it? What I, is it? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's not the big picture, the big headlines. I'm not sure if it, it grabs everyone, mm. but it should be grabbing everyone because whether or not, well, I've got a daughter. Like, I can't even imagine what price is going to be in X amount of years. Yeah. Like, I just can't, cannot imagine. It affects everyone. If you're an investor, mm. it should be a wake-up call that yields are higher than they've ever been. It, and you're never going to have a problem in the next few years finding tenants mm-hmm. and rents will continue to increase. Mm-hmm. If you're 
uh, someone who is looking to emigrate here, it's something you should be aware of is how hard it is to find somewhere to live. If you're a tenant who's maybe a little bit unhappy with where they are or the price rise they just got, be aware of what it's like in the rest of the industry. Uh, if you're a seller looking to cash out and oh, I'll just rent for a while and see what I want to do, understand how hard that mm. is as well. It affects every yep. single person in WA uh, and yet we're here more about what the RBA is doing this week yeah. and less about the chronic issue we've got in rentals. 100%. 100%. So I think that is uh, whatever the governments or policies they need to bring in, something needs to change there because it's heading uh, heading to a pretty tough situation, I think. Shane, what's the next property you're going to sell tomorrow? Tomorrow we will be selling, I've got a couple of offers on the go at the moment. It's a four by two, interesting, across the road from the Canning River. So people don't realise this property's in Gosnells. Across the road from the Canning River, 700 square metres of the pool, four by two, probably go around the 470 mark. Where would it have been two years ago? Uh, high threes, high threes, yeah. Where's it going to be in a couple of years? I, that'll have a five in front of it. I would not be surprised by mid mid next year. Yep. There you go. Yep. Shane Beaumont, Perth Top Real Estate Agent. Thanks for coming in again, mate. Really Thanks appreciate again. your time. Thanks, Trent. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!